We've been having a look at what we should be committed to in life. And the first thing that we should be committed to is what? And then? Yourself. And then? Your spouse. And then? Your children. And then? Family and church. Okay. I've said, I've said that we should be committed to church and to our church attendance. And one of the sad things in this day and age is that church attendance around the globe is declining at an incredible rate of knots. And it brings a tremendous, um, what's the word, sadness in my heart. Because I know what the end result is. Because I've seen the trend. When parents stop taking their children to church, and they come and go and... You know, there's no real commitment. What ends up happening is these children stop serving God. And eventually you'll have a total godless society. And this is for me one of the most frightening things in life. Because we are called to be committed to God first. And many people are committed to fame and leisure and pleasure and everything else but to God. And to His way. But when we are committed to His way, there's peace. So, the first thing, I've shared that, to be committed with God, yourself. Why did we change that and move it up the ladder? Because if you don't look after yourself and take care of yourself, how do you take care of anyone else? Okay? doesn't mean that you're more important than anyone else. But if you don't take care of yourself and you're sickly, someone else has to look after you. Instead of you being able to look after others. So it's important that we take care of not just our physical body, but also our spiritual body. And I've shared with that, and you can go and look look at uh, that sermon on YouTube. Then your spouse, then your children, then your church. Okay. Some of you might say work, and we will I'll deal with that next week. I feel it should be church and then work. However, do not do not take work time for church time. That is. That is, you're stealing me. So, but we'll get into that next week, maybe. I think. I don't know. Uh, right. So, I, I, I've titled this this fifth in the series: "Be committed to your church attendance." I believe that your local church is crucial for your spiritual growth and essential. If you want to grow to become mature. And attain to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ, you need to be part of a local congregation that you can pour your life into, but also that others can pour their lives into you. Because you have what I need and I have what you need. And that's how our thinking needs to be. There's not this, uh, this, there's this inter- interdependence that we have on one another. Not this, I'm a, I do my own thing, you know. And there are too many Christians that think that this this way nowadays. I believe that those that love God will love His church. How can you say, oh, I love God, I just hate His church. Oh, I love God, I hate His bride. I mean, cannot be. If you love God, then you'll love His church. If you love God, you'll love His people. If you love God, you'll love His body. And His body is made up of many different parts... But they make one. And one can part of the body cannot say, I don't need the other. We need each other. All of us need one another. 
And that's what makes the body of Christ so special. And sometimes people don't want to go to church because they're convicted. But that is part of church, isn't it? He's coming in the presence of God because when we come into the presence of God, He convicts us of sin and righteousness. Say, hey, I want to get this right in your life. Okay? And that's, that's part of life. He wants us to grow and mature and let go things that are holding us back in our relationship with Him. I think other people say, well, I got hurt from church, I don't go to church. Well, to those kind of people, quite frankly, I say, maybe you should go before God and repent for your unforgiveness and get back into church. I'm so tired of hearing those kind of stories. They just don't cut it with God. He says 77 times 7, forgive, forget, let go. Get connected into a, into a congregation that loves and serves God and preaches the infallible word. Psalms 122, I think many of you know this, in the in the um, NRV it says, I rejoice with those who said to me, in other Bibles it says, who, how, how do you know it? Come on. I was glad when they said to me. You remember now, you see. You, most of us know that. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Are you glad when someone says to you, come let us go to the house of the Lord? I want to throw a spanner in the works. Do you believe that you can be a Christian and never go to church, never tithe, etc., etc.? Now we're going to hear. What do you think? (laughs) Can you be a Christian and never go to church? Sorry? You get into error? Most certainly you do, yes. Body? It is, yes. It is. Although you don't get the fivefold equipping, which I also believe is essential for our maturing, so that the Bible says, so that we may be all in one mind, so that we can all think alike. And the problem is, we don't have that much of the time in the church. Thinks This one thinks like this, and this one thinks like this, and then you say, but who's right? God is right. Someone is wrong. And we need to say, right, let's humble ourselves, go back to Scripture and see what the Word of God says. Now, you see, the minute you say, but uh, can you be a Christian and never go to church, never tithe, etc. You're going to have people saying, saying, but it's by grace you save through and not through works, right? I mean, it, it doesn't that even come to your thinking. Eh? And we all know that. However, if you say you're a kingdom citizen, Okay, you have to obey the decrees of the king. When the king decrees you are to live like this and you live opposite, do you really love him? There has to be a question mark there. And that's for me the question mark because when a person calls themselves a Christian nowadays, I, I don't listen much. I want to look at your life. I want to look at your life. I had an incredible, incredibly beautiful face, what's it, a face messenger came through from a friend that studied, uh, he, he was with me in school, he was with me when I studied agriculture, and uh, he, he just said, uh, I, I was like, what, this, is, this man, I'm not going to say his name, 
And, he's, and how he said, you've been such a great example in, in your faith. And he said, and then he ended with, thank you, brother. And I haven't seen him in 20 years. He said, thank you for always being a godly example. Your life has spoken volumes to me. I was so blessed by that. When we were studying agriculture, <laughs> one of his friends said to me, no, he's an atheist. So I said, oh, I don't believe there's any atheist. I don't, don't believe that. So he said, no, no, no. I, I don't believe there's a God. I don't believe in, in anything. So I said, oh, okay. I said, wait till the poor poor hits the fan. I said, the first person you're going to go running to on your knees is God. It was Suvrachis. I can't remember. It wasn't long after that they were stopped by the police. They were put in jail for duck for duck in the car. It was the funniest thing because I, I think they stayed like two or three days in jail. When they came out, they, who's the person they came to first? Because I used to run shower groups and everything when I was studying there. And they come to me and they say, the, the guy, so he comes to me and I say, ah, how's it? He says to me, he said, I'm not an atheist anymore. I said, yeah, I'm sure you're not. <laughs> I said, Sir, did you go down on your knees? He said, you beat your bottom dollar. <laughs> it was the, the funniest thing. These guys, literally, there was a big shaking in their heart. Here, I don't think, they didn't give their lives to the Lord. They, you know what people are like. You really need to shake them. One of the most hurtful things for me at Agricultural College was where I shared the gospel with this young guy. Afrikaans guy, very nice guy. And um, I literally shared the full gospel. How to, and being born again, everything. And he said, no, he, he wants to give his life to the Lord, but he's not ready. First wants to draw. A week later, just before you turn left into the agricultural college, they rolled, rolled the car because they were drunk, dead. How heartbreaking is that? Hey? How heartbreaking is that? But in any case, we, let us get back to what we were saying. If you're part of the kingdom of God, you do things according to the decrees of the king. Don't call yourselves a Christian. I want to encourage you, all of you, do not call yourselves Christian. Let the world call you a Christian. It was the heathens that said that person there is a Christian because he is Christ-like. Christ went to the temple, by the way. On the Sabbath, you found him in the temple, teaching. And we likewise should be following our king, who was found in the temple. Hebrews 10, verse 23 to 25 says, Let us consider how we may spur one another, in, one another on towards love and good deeds. In other words, encourage one another. Let us not give up meeting as some are in the habit of doing but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching and I think this was written 2000 years ago I think we're a little bit closer don't you think and how much more so should we be encouraging people to not forsake the gathering of the brethren 1 Peter 5 verse 2 to 3 says be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care of what flock of a congregation right serving as overseers was a pastor or whatever it is. Not because you must, but because you are willing, as God wants you to be. Not greedy for money, but eager to serve. Not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples 
to the flock. Talking about the church, the congregation. We call it the church, okay? Ephesians 2 verse 19. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household. And I want to encourage you, be committed to the household that you have been called to and that God wants you. And if, if for instance, some of your visitors, you, you, you're not part of this congregation, where you are, be committed to where you are. Serve there. See, ask God, how can I serve others with the gifts that you have entrusted to me? Because I believe that we are part of a family, and in a family there's intim- intimacy. There's dependency, there's loyalty, interaction, mutual care, relationship. Um, And you cannot take care of people outside of a fellowship. Hello? You cannot say, I'm going to... Nowhere in scripture does it talk about embracing the groom and ignoring the bride. That would only come from the evil one. Warren Wissabi, I don't know how you say his surname, Wissabi, once said, I'd rather be a struggling Christian in an imperfect church than a perfect sinner outside the church. Very well said, hey? Maybe we should change that uh, than a, than a, a so-called Christian outside the church because now it's becoming so blurred. Uh, stop allowing Satan to deceive you into believing that you can be a child of God and do things your own way. The Bible says, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. You'll do things my way. Okay. Acts 2 verse 42 uh, to 45 says, They devote to themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the disciples. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Why? Because they received the same teaching. They didn't teaching from this guy and this, you know, you get people, no, 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 I, I, I don't know, I just watch, you know, Christian TV. Imagine having cyber sex. Sorry to be crude if, that's, if that seems to you, but I mean, do you understand? It's, there's no connection there. Hello? There's no fellowship. There's no accountability. There's no ministering one to another. It is not the way God had intended it at all. Not at all. Can, can, that, fill, can that be a blessing to you? I'm not going to question. But I think also you're in danger of hearing a lot of error because there's a lot of nonsense that gets taught. So, you do not get a lone range. I, I wrote here. You do not get a lone range Christian. You only get a lone range rebel. Because Christianity is all about community and together serving God. We are called to live in community together serving God. Everyone needs to realize that the Christian faith is personal, but most certainly not private. How many people have heard, oh, near this private, this private. You are talking absolute rubbish. You have no clue what you're saying. That is such a lie from the pit of hell. Your faith and your relationship with God is not a private thing. You are called to do way more than that. You are called to impart into other people's lives, minister to people's lives, reach the lost. So it's certainly not. Here, here are eight crucial reasons why going to church is so important. 
please note you're not going to find this on the internet. You're welcome to try. These are mine. I'm sure you could add some to this, sir, and you're welcome to, okay? Number one, you will be following the pattern of the New Testament church. I believe that with all my heart. Acts 1 verse 15, in those days Peter stood up among the believers, okay, where he was fellowshipping, a group numbering about 120. And who of you know what happened to that group of 120? Hey, the outpouring took place. Where were they? All together in one accord. And that's where the outpouring took place, okay? If you study the New Testament, there were numerous letters written. And it, who was it written to? To the church corporately. If you read that, it was written to the church that is corporately gathered. Okay? And I know the Bible when you go to the Greek and Ecclesia, you know, the called out ones. We are the, I am the church, you the church, but together we, it, it also talks about the church corporately. Okay? And this was a, many times letters were written to individuals and others to, to a group which was also referred to as the church. So it's saying the group, a congregation, this and this and this. So we cannot deny the fact that the New Testament church says that a congregation and the gathering of the saints is crucial to our spiritual well-being. Absolutely crucial. You know what the the Bible talks where where, where that uh, the letter is written, where it says you neither hot nor cold. I wish you were one or the other, but because you're playing with me, I'm about to spit you out, Mama. My grace is about to no longer be sufficient for you, because you're actually playing games with me. And much of the church now thinks that they can play games with God, and he says, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm not coming back for a church that is playing with playing playing church. I'm coming back for a church that is committed to me and one another. Acts 6 verse 2 to 4 it says, So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, It would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers, choose seven men from among you who, who are known to be full, full of the spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. Do you see that? Saying here in this congregation, rather let's appoint others, deacons and different guys in different positions so that everyone flows in their niche. Can, can, could they wait on tables? Yes, they could. However, it would distract from the ministry of the word and to prayer. So they said, in order not to get, have be distracted, that we are multitasking, fixing the roof, patching the thing, building this, why don't we appoint other people to do that? We can stick to what we are called to. That is what it's saying here. 1 Corinthians 14.23 says, So if the whole church comes together and everyone speaks in tongues, and some who do not understand or some, un- uh, some unbelievers come in, Will they not say that you are out of your mind? Here it's talking about a congregational setting. When you come together in in, in church and you want to speak in tongues, that's no problem. Make sure there's an interpretation. Otherwise, don't speak in tongues. When we worship, I worship in tongues every single time I do it. But you don't hear me, so it's no offense to anyone. However, 
if you're going to like now, if I start speaking in tongues, the Bible says you need to be interpretation. But when 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 the whole church comes together, okay? Hebrews thirteen seventeen, obey your leaders and submit to their authority. They keep watch over you as men who must give an account. Obey them so that their work will be a joy and not a burden, for this would be of no advantage to you. Do you see that? Anyone not convinced that the New Testament church came together? They were certainly coming together. Number two, you will grow to be balanced and mature in your faith. Just like our physical bodies need nourishment, so our spiritual bodies need nourishment. Did I spell something wrong? Oh, sorry. Okay, forgive me. Ephesians 4 verse 11 to 16. It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for works of service. What I'm doing here is part of the works of service to equip you so that you can do the work. Okay? And all and there's no role that's more important than another. We're part of the body of Christ. Who wants who would give up the 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 pinky or the thumb or your toe. You don't want to lose any part of yourself, right? Every part of our bodies is crucial. It pay, plays a different role and one is not more superior than another. Okay? Carries on to prepare God's people for works of service. Why? So that the body of Christ may be built up. So that we can mature and grow one another. When we all Fulfilling our different roles. Until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then you will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men in the deceitful schemes. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will all think we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is Christ. For him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love, as each part does its work. You cannot work your work or your ministry outside of the body. You need to be part of a congregation. Amen? And we've all got different giftings and talents and abilities. And we need to use that to the glory of God. And we need to also use it within the congregational setting. Number three. You will be able to use your spiritual gifts. We read in Romans 12 verse 68 says, We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him prophesy in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. And this is not all-encompassing. There's many other gifts, okay? Numerous other gifts that are never mentioned in the Bible. But whatever your gift is, use it. Use it. You find a place where it's needed and you use it. You don't even ask for permission. You just do it. Because that is what the body is. And any, any pastor that has a kingdom vision will want you to flow in your gift. 
Because it means then he doesn't have to be involved in that. And do it when it's not his calling. And it's not his gifting. Number four. You will become part of a spiritual family. And that to me is very important. Because spiritually we encourage one another and build one another up in our most holy faith. 1 Corinthians 12 verse 12 said... The body is a unit, though it is made up of many parts, and though, it is, <coughs> though all of its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ. All of us have different roles, and if you are the finger, may you be the, an awesome finger. May you be one that functions and not just <coughs> straight. Much of the church is li- hobbling along. Some don't even have legs. They are quadriplegic church congregations because of this very thing. May we not be a quadriplegic, quadriplegic congregation because everyone fulfills their different roles. Number five, you will have the counsel of godly wisdom. I don't believe that God ever intended for us to live our lives on our own, but in mutual accountability to one another. And I thank God for godly counsel in my life and people of wisdom that I can go and say, what would you do in this? What would you do in this? How would you do this? I do that in, I do that in most things in my life. I, say, I go to the guy that I think is an expert in this. I say, in this situation, what would you do? How would you do that? What would you do here? I do that. Even even with designing our wedding venue, I went to other guys that are better than me. Many times I went to Fadi. I said, Fadi, look at this design. It does, there's something wrong. It's not working. And he just goes, do, just do this. And he says, put it inside window. And I think, oh my word, yes. That's it. Awesome. Why? Because he's better than me. He's more gifted than me. Go to people that have wisdom in their respective areas. If a guy has gone bankrupt and continuously goes in that cycle and you are financially battling and you go to him for counsel, you what I call a... (laughs) Yeah, you're a wally, hey? Don't do it. Go to someone that succeeded in that area. These kind, the Bible says, for the lack, lack of guidance, a nation fails. But many advisors make victory sure. If you want to be victorious in a certain area or in a certain aspect of your life, or whether it's spiritual or business or physical, go to someone that's good at that. If you want to le- learn to, to put on weight and be, you know, become Arnold Schwarzenegger, don't come to me for heaven's sakes. I mean, you see, I'm not... You understand? I'm going to go to Arnold Schwarzenegger if I want to learn. Okay? And it's the same in every area. If you want wisdom in nutrition, then you go to someone that knows, knows something in that line. Not to me. I'm not, going to be, I'm not going to give you wise counsel. I'll give you basic counsel, and that's where it comes to. Number six, you will experience the joy of serving others. 1 Corinthians 14:26 What then shall we say brothers when you come together when you come together when you what not when you get on your own okay when you come together 
Everyone has a hymn, a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue, or interpretation. All of these must be done for the strengthening of the church. That is why every Sunday I say, is there anyone that's got something they want to share? Because nine times out of ten, there's someone that has been prompted by the Holy Spirit to impart something into our lives. Isn't it? And who's ever ministering is not the only one that has got a word from God, even though there's prep work involved. There's many times that there's prophetic words. Okay? I think we should have a hymn or, hymn or a song, spiritual song coming now and again in a tongue. That would be nice. I believe it's a great joy to learn to serve one another. Serving one another and changing and impacting their life for all eternity is one of the greatest joys you'll ever have. I have, I have many people that I've led to the Lord personally and I've walked a road with them that still to this day love and serve God. And I'm sure the same with many of you here, but others have not. And I want to encourage you. you will, there's no greater joy serving someone and seeing their life change for all eternity. Number seven, you will work together to evangelize the lost. I think all of us know the scripture. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples. Go and make followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. Go and make them kingdom citizens. And you, not me, not the pastor, not the duomini, not the reverend, not the priest, not the pope. You go and baptize them. That's what the scripture says. It is speaking to the body. You go Lead them to the Lord. You baptize them. Teach them. Get them involved and plugged in. That is all of our role. That is one of the works of service to which we have been all called. Every single last one of us. It's not just to an elite few. We are all called to reach the lost. So that we can snatch them out of darkness into God's marvelous light. That they can love and serve Him. And one day, when you go into heaven, there's an array of people behind you walking into God's kingdom and presence with you. What a joy that will be, hey? Amen? And then lastly, you will experience the manifestation of the Holy Spirit in worship. You, uh, <laughs> worship to me is a crucial part of our relationship with God. Don't you find that when you worship all the issues and the worries and the anxieties and the concerns of your life just melt away. As you can focus on Him and worship Him. And let me tell you, if you want to see the manifestation of the Spirit of God, this is where it will happen. In your congregation. I have seen many, many moves of the Holy Spirit. And I've only seen it within a corporate gathering. I've seldom seen it on my own. The greatest manifestation of the Spirit of God has been in, in a worship setting. It's been in a worship setting. I remember having a youth camp at my parents' home. They, they had a big home, double story. We were underneath. Every single, every single youth there was slain in the Spirit. Everything. Every one of them. And why we were worshipping God, they were hungry for God. It was amazing. And that, I'm telling you, is where it takes place. Just like the upper room with 120, and what did he say? Wait. 
What must we do? Twiddle our thumbs? No, worship. Desire Him. Seek Him. And you will find Him. Acts 2 verse 1 to 4 says, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a, of a violent wind. Please note that they were all together, all of them, in one place. That is what you call a congregation. We term it a church today. Okay? Uh, suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came, came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Holy Spirit enabled them. Not as they tried to stir it up. They were just worshipping and because of God, the presence of the Holy Spirit... How awesome is that? And you're not going to find that on your own. You're not. Are you going to have amazing encounters with God on your own? Yes, you are. But the special call, there's a, there's a special corporate anointing that you do not find individually. You don't. You just don't. You just don't. Am I right? You cannot. Because God has ordained that His church is the hub where everything then flows. That he, and this is what he's, he's wanting. He's wanting His church to grow up and to become mature and attain to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ that we may no longer be tossed, tossed back and forth by every wind of doctrine and teaching that is so prevalent in this day. And the church, unfortunately, is with this way and this way. God doesn't want that. And the only way that's not going to happen is that we are connected. The only way it's going to happen is that we go to church, that we get equipped. Now, this skip one, miss one, eventually what happens is, what did he mean when he said that? I don't even understand. Many people, if I talk about being a kingdom citizen, it goes totally over the head. They don't even know what I'm talking about. Say what? What's a kingdom citizen? They know what a Christian is. But to me a Christian is just someone, a worldly person calling someone a Christian because he's Christ-like. That's all it is to me. But a kingdom citizen is a whole different ballgame. And God said he came from heaven to earth for what purpose? To establish his kingdom. As it is in heaven here on earth. That is why he came. And most people don't know that. May I encourage you to be faithful to where you live in the congregation that you are involved in. And then may you use your gifts and your talents and your abilities to the glory of God. May you make the role of the leadership easy. May you not make it, not make it a burden because they think, how do I get these people? No, get yourself going on fire for God. But first and foremost, being committed to God. Then to yourself, then to your spouse, then your children, and then obviously to one another, the local church. Amen.